0: What's up guys? Welcome to Chatisfaction. I'm Keith.
1: And I'm Sam.
0: And uh it's gonna be I think a pretty good episode this week. I'm not sure.
1: We'll see. We'll see. No, I think I think it's uh, always a good episode.
0: You think? Yeah.
1: I, I feel heard. like if 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 someone likes a the show, then I think they like the show. Like I feel like I don't. I don't see anybody that sometimes enjoys listening to us and sometimes doesn't. You know, mm-hmm. I feel like it's just you either like us talking about bullshit or not. Um, yeah. And so I, if for in that case, like, there's plenty of times where I leave the recording and I think, who the hell would listen to this? But mm. you know, there are people that are listening, and so if they're listening, then they're listening. That's that's basically what I'm getting at.
0: Real, real deep.
1: Yeah, that's how I operate.
0: Real deep. Um so I got to talk about some stuff, some heavy stuff I think. Yeah. Uh in Charlottesville, Virginia, this is no secret. Every everybody's pretty talk pretty much talking about this right now. Um some white nationalists, some KKK members, uh neo-Nazis which I think is a more appropriate term than traditional Nazi have organized a protest, a rally at what was, what was called Lee park is now labeled emancipation park um, because of the removal of a statue. Um, I don't even know if it's about that anymore, to be honest. I think, wanna, I think they just want to, I think they just want to get together and be hateful jerks. Um, but it turned deadly pretty quickly it turned ugly really quickly and then deadly it started friday night i think the protested or friday day um turned ugly friday night and got deplorable by saturday afternoon uh, continued into sunday i think they're all gone now we're recording on monday um but uh, it's just some heavy stuff
1: yeah. and uh so we feel like chatting about it a little bit yeah because um, it's hard to get sure. it off our minds and i will say uh if you if if you were listening and you don't want to hear about it because i don't know i don't necessarily like i'm it's a bummer um but uh we're after we're done talking about this we're gonna babble on about some nerdy shit too so uh
0: yeah i'll timestamp it i think yeah I'll, not, I'll not a little timestamp um but I didn't know you could do that actually. That's cool. I don't know if I can actually do that. I'm just saying words. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, Time's stamp. You heard it. That's the Keith Silverman guarantee. Yeah. I'll at le- at the very least I'll put the the time where we stop talking about this in the description. Yeah, How that, that? Yeah, I think that That's works. what I can promise. I think you. that should be good. Um but I think you know, the comments on it are range from the obvious which is like fuck nazis and racism like obviously i think the most the majority of americans feel that way um so i don't really feel like that's constructive and some people are are trying to do some thoughtful meditation on this and i see it being met with uh not not generally good uh I think it's easy to take a side on this and to say this side is completely right. And if you don't stand on this side, you're on the other side. And I just think this speaks, and this is an ongoing in a ch- in chapters of what I think is wrong with America today, which is it is there. We're trying to turn it into black and white, either, or a binary decision politically. Yeah. Um, and I'm getting sick of it. This is probably the worst part of it, um, with probably more to come. Uh, but it was just really draining to look at all weekend and to be reading about the stuff. Um, so I want to kind of get what your feelings are and I will express mine as well.
1: Um, I, yeah, I guess I, I you sort of just said this, but I want to ask again. Like you texted me today to say that this is something you want to talk about on the podcast, mm-hmm. um, and uh, I am just curious. Like before we get into it, like what are you hoping to get out of the conversation? What are you looking for just to talk with a friend about it, or are you? Do you have some specific grievances that you want to air about the discussion around this, or what? Like what are you looking for? Because I'm sort of following your lead. I'm up to talk about it, um, mm-hmm. and I've got plenty to say on it, but. Uh, i'm I'm curious as to what you are after
0: it's a combination of raw feelings it just happened and i've been thinking all day about it i've been reading reading a lot of different articles all day um so it's a combination of just raw feeling and then kind of trying to produce something constructive out of all this shit um there's lots of like just easy simple outs like you know people just saying fuck nazis sure that doesn't really solve anything though. Cause these are people that live in America. They live with us. They are f- living alongside us. And I don't think that the extreme left response of showing up and being the shit out of them is, it's not the way out. And I think people are really too quick, too quick to go to just turn to violence immediately. Um, it's a tough thing to talk about because it's something that comes with a lot of raw feelings and baggage. That's not that old. I mean, segregation was not that long ago. It was like in the 1960s, which is, I mean, it's not even a decade old grievance. Um, and we're still dealing with some stuff. There's definitely like, it's not perfect. And, but I think that there's, I think it's a lot better in America now than it was even I would say 30 years ago.
1: Um, Um, I don't know. I don't know if that's necessarily true. I think, I think if you look at it, if you look at it big picture, we're making progress, but I think on that scale and it's, and this, I'm, I'm not necessarily eager to get too into this conversation because I'm a middle-class white guy and the best mm -hmm. I can do is, uh, think i know stuff and i don't um yeah. and it, it, it even if i think like i'm saying things that are supportive i always feel like i'm talking out of my ass um mm-hmm. and so i i you know just to preface that um but i i think that i think it will get better with time if you look at if you just look historically it is getting better but yeah i i think you know i think things are better in some senses than they were you know 50 years ago but i think in plenty of ways they aren't um mm-hmm. and and i yeah and that's i don't i i I don't necessarily want to get into that specific huh. avenue of conversation uh um, we can you can if you want to but i don't i don't think i'm gonna have a ton to say on it because i don't think i can speak with confidence
0: I think there's plenty there's there's been plenty of good that people ignore. Like we've had a black president. There's a lot of black people in positions of power in Congress and in the Senate and in politics. And not only that, but like big companies, like not even just black people, just any people of color at all and all all types of races and nationalities. It's not perfect. Like I said, there's still there's still a lot of discrimination, but I think it's becoming more culturally than racially i'm not saying it doesn't exist still and again i'm a middle-class white dude for sure as well but the from just the very small amount of research that i do and statistically i think it's it just seems worse than it is because the only news that we get is always bad news and i think that that i think we really need to take that into account um and I would just go ahead, and if you think I'm full of shit or or think I'm misinformed, do your own research. This is just my general feeling on things.
1: Or like, if anybody's so inclined, like correct us. That's the thing. Like I, um, we do talk out of our ass sometimes. Um, but one thing that you and I always agree on, I think, is that we hate the uh, that the the like tribalistic, my side is right, yours is wrong attitude. And I don't think either of us have that. Um and so if yeah. i say something that's stupid or if you say something that's stupid and somebody's listening and they think to themselves that was stupid here's why like i'd love to hear about it cuz i'd love to not say it again if i mm-hmm. in fact agree that it was stupid you know um so that's all i'm i'm very open for critique and criticism on these things if anybody ever felt like it yeah um, um but from a nice place i'm a
0: fragile you can be as mean as you want to me I don't care. You're fragile, but too, I am, you I'm just looking. Don't mind. What I'm looking for is something constructive and substantive to come out of this. Um, and I think that everyone is so quick to with this punch a Nazi thing. It's like that isn't the answer. And this is my whole point here: is that both sides are guilty of inciting violence. And I don't care that one side did more violence than the other. And I'm talking about the extremes here. I'm just talking about things like. Antifa and the white supremacists that both sides have propagated violence in this, in this uh, skirmish. Um, and I want to point out the importance of freedom of speech that we need to have it and we need to protect it. And even people as shitty as white supremacists, when they have legally gone through and secured the park, to go and protest like they're allowed to be there now they showed up with riot gear and weapons and shields and shit and you could debate whether you could say that they came ready for a fight or you could debate that they were, they came ready to defend themselves because if I know if I was going with a group of people to a place I knew was horribly racist and knew that they were capable of violence I would bring weapons too to defend myself um, but I'm not really concerned with that. I think freedom of assembly and freedom of speech, they, they should be protected, but only, but so far. So I don't have a timeline of events that happened here. I know that at some point it got shitty and violent. And I know that when they marched on UVA, uh, that was probably illegal. And I, I don't know what role exactly the cops played in all this because, I've read reports where they said that they were just, they called all the police and they were out and busy and there weren't enough police to do anything about it. And then I've seen on the ground reports like on video where people are saying that the police are off, like taking an off approach, not doing anything. They're just letting the fight ensue. Um, and that is shitty and sucks. So I don't know what their role was in the whole thing. Uh, um, i I've, but-
1: I've, I've seen mostly that they basically were not, Involved until uh, that car drove through that crowd of people um, that they were sort of just there very clearly not intervening um, which mm. you know is is shitty but I also like can you imagine being a cop in the current climate for police officers at a racist versus uh, radical liberal? fight like what do you Mm. do in that situation that is that you don't get in trouble for Um, like I'm not saying that I think that not intervening when people are getting the shit kicked out of them was the right thing to do but I also can't imagine what it would be like to like you know there there are people there that have have gotten legal permission to protest and then there are Mm -hmm. people there protesting them and so the cops were essentially defending they were, they were standing between the two groups as best they could. Um Like I, people, particularly the white supremacists are very quick to blame the police officers. It's their fault that things got so violent because they didn't intervene, which I think is horseshit. Mm.
0: Um.
1: Like they, the way they wanted violence. And that's, that's something I've read, you know, uh, in a few places is that, you know, the reason they had this rally in Charleston or not Charleston in uh, Charlottesville was because it's a predominantly white college town. Uh, Mm. and they wanted when the violence broke out as they knew it would, they wanted it to be whites versus whites. They didn't, they wanted to, uh, they, they didn't want to further their racist image. Um, even though that's their entire image. So I don't really understand why they're trying to hide that when they're not trying to hide it. Um, yeah, but that they wanted it to be like liberal white young liberal white people that that were seen starting like enacting this violence and stuff mm. um and that's you know it's obviously just that's editorial it's something it's some opinions that i've read but it makes sense like it's so much of it is uh is like trolling i feel like um it,
0: it's so obvious that it is too i mean showing up with swastika flags and doing the hail hitler thing is like what, there's no point in doing that, other than to goad people into acting, and that's. I mean, it worked. It worked, and I'm ashamed of that. I think that that is deplorable. I think that I think it's just a fucking trash way to handle things. To these people have the my general feeling on white supremacists and all this shit is, it sucks that we still have to deal with this, and and like like you and I, it doesn't matter really but for like minorities to have to deal with this still. Um, But these people, the, the, the grouping or the gathering, it's such a small number of people. Really? If you really look at it, it's only a few thousand people in a country of 300 million. They're not gaining support. They're only gaining fervor from Donald Trump as they claim. Uh, And Trump did a fucking horrible job of handling this. Too. And that's the one thing I'm very confident in being outspoken about with Donald Trump is that he handled this real fucking horrible. I'm not, I'm never
1: really surprised. Like, he doesn't give a shit. Um,
0: Yeah. And I I don't think it's so much that necessarily he's a white supremacist or cares about that vote. I think he just doesn't care about social issues in any sort of way at all Um, and doesn't see it as an importance in any way. Yeah. So it took him way too long to give the statement that he did today which should have happened immediately. But even that as was
1: half-assed and forced. Like, I just, I don't, I, everyone was like, I just don't care what he has to say, uh, honestly. Yeah. It's, it's interesting to see sometimes, but he's, he's a piece of shit. Like, and I, I don't, as heartfelt as he could get, I still think would sound like bullshit. Like, I don't know. I'd be interested if Donald Trump could ever deliver a speech that I thought meant anything to him. Um,
0: I I don't. I don't think it means anything to him and I don't think it matters. What matters is that he said it and specifically called out the KKK because they were specifically saying we're doing this for Donald Trump and his agenda. And this is the thing that he wanted. And so for him to come out and say no and all the shit that he said, he had to specifically call him out. I haven't seen um, that. Yeah. It was David Duke, the guy who's like the big him and Richard Spencer, are like the big right. faces of all this shit. Um, um. So he had to do it, but what was the point I was trying to get at before we got sidetracked there? Um, Oh, the, uh, the real and unsatisfying way to combat this, in my opinion, I don't know if this is actually true. And this is just me. This is my raw feelings on this thing is that just fucking, if you let them hold their protests and their rallies, And they don't come out seeking violence. You don't need to show up because they're going to speak into a void of themselves and their numbers are going to shrink. The more that they see that whatever they're doing is fruitless and pointless um, and that they're irrelevant. Let them create their own irrelevancy. Um, One of the most brilliant things to happen out of this, and they're probably the most appropriate response to this is someone was there and they are the internet specifically twitter is figuring out who all these people are because they showed up maskless they expose all their faces they're figuring out who they are who their names are who, what their names are and, and who they are and they're exposing them they're like putting their identities out publicly i think some of them have gotten fired from their jobs i guarantee you'll find some business owners in there and the way to combat that is to figure out what their business is and never give them money because that's the way you fight the shit is by hitting their wallets and their livelihoods. Yeah. Um, Running up and punching them in the face and starting violence at their rallies and stuff just emboldens them even more. And and all of the lies and the shit that they spew to these young kids to get them to side with them because it's basically a matter of they get young people because they feel like they're alone. And so they make them feel like they're part of a family. And so when they say these people hate us for these reasons, and then you go and prove it to them, the kids are being indoctrinated even more into this way of thinking.
1: Yeah. It's definitely learned. It's learned. Um, that kind of hatred is only learned. Like it's not inherent. Um, Mm. but, uh, Oh, I just want to say like, I, obviously there's exceptions to this. Um, I know Antifa in general, uh, You know, has has, their their plan is sort of chaos. Like I was reading up on them because I didn't know that much about them, Um, and their whole deal is like that they want to cause enough of a problem that the message these white supremacists are there to unload doesn't get heard, Um, Mm -hmm. and that is often through violence and stuff. And I, I know that there are some people that go with the thought of. I'm going to punch somebody. Um, yeah. but I think a vast majority of the people there of the, of the anti-protesters, uh, were there to be a body in that space. And then I think a lot of the people that ended up turning violent are overcome with rage. Um, cause it is an enraging thing to witness. And I think what happens is yeah. there's this tension builds at the front lines where it's just these two pools of rage, um, and everybody's waiting for someone to step on the twig, essentially. And then it happens. And then it's like, you want that rage to have an outlet. Like, you've, everybody's had that feeling where you're pissed <laughs> and you want someone, you're like, say the right thing right now so that I can open, so I can open up and just yell at you. Like, just, just say the right thing. And you, you, even though you know deep down there's absolutely no benefit in you going on, flying off the handle or whatever you still want that person to do it so that you feel like you have the excuse to do it. Cause it'll feel good in the moment. Um, yeah, and I, I, that's, that's what these things are. I know there are people, there are some people there that go with the intent of, of things getting violent. I think, uh, like we said earlier, I think that the white supremacists were hoping it would get violent because if, if the, if their opposition is who starts it, as far as they're concerned, it makes them look better, even though they then run over people with cars, like, they don't come out looking good in this situation, but like you said, it if they are able to act innocent and, and state these facts, then it helps them, you know, maintain their numbers or whatever. I don't know, but it's saying violence isn't the answer. I agree, but I don't think you'll talk to many people that actually think violence is the answer. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that's the difference. That's sort of the, the hair I wanted to split was that. I definitely agree, but I think most people do agree. But when you're there in that moment and you're so enraged, like I can't tell you confidently that I wouldn't have tried to punch somebody if I was in that, in that crowd. Um, As much as I like to think I wouldn't because it's, there's no reason, there's no good reason to at all. I think it would be very hard to not get so furious that you didn't want to just hit one of these assholes.
0: I know. And, but that's the thing is like, there's no benefit to hitting them. All you're going to do is incite more violence. And another thing is they're not even worth fighting because they have no power at all. And there's, this is clearly a struggle for some sort of power for some sort of meaning in what they do. And if you just give them no time of day and don't respond to their goading, which is just that it's just goading. Like they just go there. That's why they have swastikas and that's why they're doing the hell Hitler thing. It's just to troll you into doing something stupid, which worked. It worked 100%. Um, Um, I,
1: I, I love that solution, but it's just, it's not possible. Unfortunately. Um, I think that's, I think that that's the reason, like, I feel like I've, I've been of the opinion for years that that would, uh, it would reduce school shootings if you didn't hear about them. Mm. Um, you know, all these these kids see it and they get the idea that they can go out in a flash and be famous, you know? And yeah. what if we somehow didn't do that? You know, what if we kept it down and didn't tell anyone? Like, what if there was just a universal agreement that the media would, would say very, you know, would report on as minimally as possible? You know, it yeah. happened. These individuals, you know this tragedy happened end of story. They don't play the fucking tape and interview everybody they know and do all this shit. Like, but it, it can't happen. Like the cycle is the, the news cycle is too huge at this point. Everyone wouldn't agree to it. And that's the thing that I think with this type of thing, especially after this weekend, uh, it can't happen. We, we can't ignore it because too many people are too mad and they're going to go, uh, They want to go show their support.
0: Yeah. I'm just wondering, like, it seems like what's the end goal? Because what's really happening is you're having a clash and neither side is really hurt by this. It's Charlottesville that pays the price. Charlottesville gets hurt. It's citizens. The girl that lived there, they got killed. Like she was a citizen of that town. She's dead. You know? Yeah, but she, residual damage to property and stuff. Right. You know,
1: um, yeah, and that's like, I, I've been thinking to myself, like, what's the point of the anti-protest, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think what I've sort of settled on is that the point to me is like, you know, imagine if you are a kid living in Charlottesville and you're black and there's this big rally right down the street of people that say you don't have a right, you shouldn't be allowed to be a person, you know? Um, And you don't hear anybody else saying, standing up next to them saying, no, this is wrong. Like, that's, that's where I think there's value in these protests is that, like, once again, you and I don't have to deal with this, but for the people that are liable to feel marginalized uh and you know and and in question like to show up in stronger force to say no this is bullshit like i think there's value in that Um, i think there's value to solidarity like even if uh you don't live in Charlottesville, but even if you're just a kid who sees this rally on the news to see that there's a counter rally that's way bigger, like has got to help um, so that you don't feel alone.
0: I think my feeling on that is it sounds right, but it also, it's a fight that's already been fought and won. Like we've already had these arguments and they've been sussed out. And just because some other people are coming up and rehashing them. If no one responds, they're just speaking into a void. this fight has already been fought and won. We have, we learn about it in school, you know? Yeah. It's like, there's no, there's nothing stopping you from being all that you want to be in this country, except for you. Mostly. I would say, um, is the gen, my general feeling on it. Again, I don't, I don't, no we yeah we could get i only have my experience but there's a there's
1: a whole conversation there's a a lot of conversation there about like systemic racism and white privilege and all that all that jazz that uh i don't think we're prepared to get into right now
0: yeah um but that's that's the thing is like it's a fight against racism that fight has been fought we've won we're here now they're still going to be stragglers maybe they're a little more emboldened now than ever they're not but they're small they're insignificant they have no power they're nowhere near what a real nazi was they're neo-nazis and neo-nazis are pathetic
1: um yeah they are pathetic but they like the they don't feel that they have to wear masks anymore because yeah uh the president of our country said some ridiculously racist stuff and still won the election. Like there's, there's reasons why this is resurging now. And it's because people in power are, I don't know if sympathetic is the right word, but they're, they're not. Yeah. Maybe sympathetic. Like they, they believe at least that a lot of the people in positions of power are either on their side or not concerned with the their opposition. Um, I don't know yeah. what their actual end game is. Like I don't know what they want. What like what the fuck are they actually after? I know the mm-hmm. the basic the premise uh, of the initial protest was about the statues being taken down, but that was yeah. the, that was not the reason those people were there. It's not why the KKK uh, and the white nationalists were there. They were there. I don't know why it wasn't to protest that statue. Um, and that's what I don't get is like, you know, there's all these movements right now and it's like, you know, black lives matter is out there trying to have some accountability, like in the police force and to show that, mm-hmm. you know, black people should be treated like everyone else. Uh, yeah. what do they want? What do they, what do these white nationalists actually want? Like it's, yeah, I don't get it. It's, it feels like the occupy wall street bullshit where it's like, we're mad. And it's like, okay, what do you want? And they're like, oh, well, I don't know. We just want you to know we're mad and that we don't, we yeah. we're upset that our white culture is being diluted. And it's like, Oh, well, what do you think we should do about it? Like, do they just want, is their goal in these protests to have all the, everyone who's not white leave? Like, is that what they, they actually envision happening? Like I, I just truly don't know. Um,
0: they, they don't have a goal. And th- and that's how I truly feel about it, is that they don't have a goal. Um, I they have to know that what they want is wholly unattainable. Just just semantics, like the numbers that they have, they're not, they're not going to uh, achieve what they want. They are outnumbered severely. What I um, uh,
1: we sorry, are you, can I interrupt ahead? you? Is that okay? No, go ahead. Um, we could talk forever. I think about how little sense it makes. Um, Mm -hmm. but what I just don't, what I really, really, really don't understand about it is, uh, like the whole fucking point of America supposedly is freedom to be who you are and believe what you want to believe. Um mm. and so I think there's you know argument to be had that these racist pieces of shit have a right to feel that way, and yeah, uh, that's their American right. But why the hell do they want to live here when that's our entire thing? That's like moving to chocolate country and then protesting that you don't like chocolate like why would you go there? Why would you be here? Why would you want to stay here when that's the entire basis? on which the country was founded. Uh, and it wasn't, the, it wasn't freedom of race at that point because everyone was racist at that point. But yeah, it was a, it was a freedom of religion that as we have uh, wisened up as, as a species that's expanded, like it's the whole America is supposed to be a melting pot. It's an immigrant country. Like that's the statue of Liberty and everything. Like why would you want to live in this country uh, when your strongest beliefs are 100% the opposite of the foundation of the country.
0: I, I mean, I don't know, you know? Yeah. Um, but he, another thing to understand is they grew up with a different, they grew up with a different understanding of the civil war. They're taught like in the South, it's taught differently than it is up North. Um. So what they think they're doing is fighting for the America that was, that they were fighting for in the civil war. Um, and they think they're being outdone and they are, and they should be common decency has spoken to that and it has already fought the war and won on that. Um, so I don't know how we go from here constructively. Um, like I said, I think the best thing to do is to straight up ignore them, but obviously no one else feels that way. Well, one Um, good
1: thing I think this is going to come out of this, um, is that I've already seen like multiple Southern cities are saying they're going to take down their Confederate monuments uh, in response to this. Uh, And like, it shouldn't be an accomplishment, but you have a bunch of prominent Republicans uh, outwardly decrying uh, racists and Mm -hmm. it's, it's ludicrous that that's something that needed to happen, but I feel like it is like, you know, for the first time you have, uh, everybody in, you know, and I sent everybody, everybody, but you have a lot of people in Washington are, are, you know, tweeting and shit like Mr. President, you need to call this what it is. It's terrorism and shit like that. Like, yeah, that was 100%. the whole, that it was, is
0: domestic terrorism.
1: Well, yeah, that was the whole argument when the, that kid, gunned down that black church and i don't recall hearing that from any senators or uh you know representatives like it wasn't a thing but so this is this is gross enough and the villain is i mean the fact is the only villain that anybody's ever been okay with killing the only human villain that that is constantly okay to kill in movies and video games are nazis because they're just universally accepted as terrible. And so mm-hmm. the fact that these that these white supremacists you know were a part of this entire thing uh it's it's allowed these uh coward politicians to feel like they can take a stance on something that's so ridiculous like that it's ridiculous that we need to know what stance they take but we yeah. do because everything's been so divisive for so long. Um, So that's something good that is going to come out of this event, this particular event, I think, is that there's focus, there's focus on, on these negative things more so than there was. And I think it's good that all these Confederate monuments are going to get taken down. Um, And I'm interested, you know, you're still living in Richmond, Virginia, the capital of the fucking Confederacy. uh, And you and I, you know, lived, you know, a stone's throw away from the giant gigantic Robert E Lee statue. Um, mm-hmm. and there's a Stonewall Jackson statue and stuff. Like I'm interested to see how this, what, how this heads to your town. Um, yeah. And if it'll continue being this big, uh, or if it'll fizzle out because it didn't get them the right kind of attention that they wanted, or maybe all they wanted is attention. Um, and I was just rambling at this point, but, uh, well, well the, the things, point, the, my point is that I think that some good good progressive things are going to come out of this shitty weekend.
0: I think so. Uh, two things I want to hit real quick before we stop talking about this is I want to be explicit in stating that I think that if you're feeling... I think that siding with Antifa is not the right move here for anybody. I think Antifa is is what they have in mind it might be honestly worse because what they what they do and what i've seen them do is they they have a a strict war on freedom of speech uh if you don't feel the way they do or say the things that you want that they want you to say or you don't have their agenda they will show up and they will fucking fight and rally and make sure that you're pushing the agenda that they want I've heard of them showing up at. I've heard of them showing up at college campuses where there's people there just to speak about their feelings, and they're usually they're conservative. Um, and they've also done this uh, surprisingly at a uh, a conference that um, Richard Dawkins was supposed to speak at, and he is just a scientist. Uh, he's I think a physicist, um, but he's a really smart guy and someone who's incredibly liberal, not conservative in any way. And I don't remember what the subject was that he was speaking on that they didn't care for. It was probably had something to do with uh, gender identity. Um, Cause there is a strong debate going around that, you know, about whether genet- genetics should legitimately be concerned with that stuff. But their, their war is on freedom of speech. And I think that is uh I think siding with them is is not the way to go. I think they're they're fucking terrible. Um, I don't know if you feel the same way or if you know enough to take a stand on that, but I I demonstrably do not like these guys.
1: Um, I do just want to ask. I just googled Antifa Richard Dawkins to see what it was about, and I don't mm. s- find any results tying the two together. Really? Um, yeah, I see something about Richard Dawkins having a speech canceled because of some tweets. So maybe Antifa was a part of. Uh a part of the protest or something in that. Yeah. Um, but anyway, sorry, I, I'm not going to like read on that right at this moment, but I, I was curious cause I, uh, no, I think Antifa for the most part, uh, sounds like they suck. Um, but yeah. what I, what I really hate is like, if we're f- the focus on this Saturday specifically, like I've heard a lot of things that are like, both sides are just as bad. Like they were violent. They were violent. They're all shitty. Uh, and like, if you compare individual actions uh I think you might that might be true if you compare the worst members of each of those groups, I think that might be true. but if you compare the best members of each of those groups, then it's not true at all um the best members of the uh the protesters were white supremacists um yeah. the best members of the counter protesters were people that don't like white supremacy like and yeah. that's it is I think that that gets drowned out in this conversation of both sides were shitty. Both sides were fighting. Both sides are doing this. It's all that is true. It's a hundred percent true. But one side was there because they think white people are a superior race. And the other side was there because they disagree. Um, And Antifa, like to me, it's not, it's not Antifa versus the alt right. Uh, Mm. It's white supremacists versus everyone else. And to say I'm against the alt-right and I'm against white supremacy is not to say I side with Antifa. It means we're both fighting on the same side of this fight, but it doesn't mean we are on the same team exactly. Um, And so I agree. And I think that just like you're talking about uh, the white supremacists using this shit to recruit, I think Antifa is going to do plenty of that as
0: well. Uh, Exactly. And I think that they represent equal and opposite sides. Um, on the spectrum i think antifa is the left extreme and, and i think that that uh the white supremacists are the right extreme and a, a lot of people like to view the political spectrum as a straight line but i i see it more as like a horseshoe that the closer you get to the extremes the closer they come together um don't you so think hate
1: don't you think that the political spectrum is a flat
0: circle could be and we've been seeing it wrong the whole time. Is that a, as a straight line? Was
1: that a really bad Matthew McConaughey impression?
0: It was terrible. It
1: sounded more like uh, Bill Bill Clinton. <laughs> I
0: think it was. <laughs> it was Bill Clinton doing a Matthew McConaughey impression. I believe. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think. Uh, I, I think that you're right to make the distinction because I, I hate the extremes of both sides, um, and I. But I think that there's a middle way that I think people there's a middle way to come out of this and that's the constructive way. And this is the side. The middle way is reason and passion fights, passion fights real hard on the extremes, but reason always wins. Reason is the thing that gets us to sign treaties and stop wars. Right. Um, um,
1: I, I, but I still have to argue with you that I don't think the extremes of both sides are just as bad. Um, I think that the, the extreme of the white supremacy is, Involves lynching people from trees because they're black, and the extreme of the liberal side, Antifa, involves breaking car windshields. Like, they're not comparable as far as I'm concerned. Um, I think that they're, I don't like either of them, but I like one of them a lot less than I like the other one. Um,
0: I think the extreme of antifa is a a lot more than breaking car windshields like i said it's restricting free speech and freedom of assembly and all the things that actually make this country great because the whole point is that you're supposed to be able to hear shit you don't like and that you can call people out for that as well but when you start stopping people from they're basically like thought police and you can't police people's thoughts. People are allowed to think whatever they want and they can say whatever they want. When it starts to infringe on other people's rights and they take action because of it, that becomes illegal. And but Antifa wants to stop it even before all that. And you can't do that. But it, you can't suppress people like that.
1: Antifa they're like they're private citizens and they have mm-hmm. the freedom of speech to yell over uh another private citizen's freedom of speech. Like freedom of speech means the government can't get you in trouble for things you say. Uh, it doesn't mean that other private citizens can't uh, use their free speech against you. That's why you get fired from jobs for being a racist. That's why like freedom of speech is not protection from consequence of the things you say or protection from other people's free speech. It's that the government itself cannot get mad at you for exercising your freedom of speech. And so Antifa believes that these people should not be heard. They aren't the government. They're not telling the people they can't say these things. They are private citizens trying to exercise their free speech to protect or to prevent these other people's message from getting out, which is just it's in their rights as well. And I'm not saying like I I don't necessarily agree with her methods or anything like that, but I just think free speech gets thrown around like crazy as like, and you were not doing this. Like you are you celebrating, uh, these white supremacists getting fired and stuff like that. But a lot of the mm-hmm. times, like I remember, uh, who was it? Rob Schneider, like said something about, uh, basically he made some like anti-vaccination comment. And mm-hmm. then, uh, the or maybe it was like Gilbert Governor, I don't know, somebody made an some B list celebrity made an anti vaccination comment and then got dropped from like an insurance company ad campaign. Um because mm. obviously a fucking insurance company isn't doesn't want anti vaxxers as their mouthpieces. Um and there there was this whole they were tweeting like, whoa, so much for freedom of speech. And you see the same shit with this like these racist march and then get fired and it's like ho... Oh, don't these guys have the right, you know, to free speech? And and it's like, yeah, like people just don't get it. It's like, yes, they do. They exercise their free speech and then their company exercises their free speech by telling them they don't want to hire a racist piece of shit. Like,
0: yeah. I mean, you pay for the consequence, right? I think that's the appropriate response and the consequence for being a racist piece of shit. Um, I, I don't know if I have an elegant argument for it. I, people have said it better than me, but I know that the road we're going down with Antifa, they're basically making it in certain cases, they're making it so that people are nervous to express their honest and true thoughts about things for fear of them coming after you and then labeling you as alt-right. They label people all the time as alt-right that aren't alt-right at all. And when you label them like that, you're throwing them into the pit with people like David Duke and Richard uh, Spencer. Um, And people are stifling their free speech and there's, you see a lot of stuff about like cultural appropriation and stuff. Um, it's, they're not heading down a good road with this stuff. Uh, and I think that's as far as I'm prepared to take it. I, I'd i have to read up more on, on it to make a, a better argument. Like I got, I mean, I've been getting in trouble all day trying to express my feelings on this <laughs> stuff and, and, and like having to elaborate because I'm not good at like, I don't have it prepared of like, what's the best way for me to represent these ideas. I just have to like talk them out with people and hopefully get them to understand where I was, I was coming from, which I've done, I've done throughout the day. But, uh,
1: the problem is that like these things happen and we have gut responses. Um, and I think like we've been trained societally to just just take that gut response and roll with it, you know? mm. Um, and that's, that is, I think that's, Part of the big reason why we are where we are is because everybody's acting on these gut responses, and I'm not. Uh, I that's and I'm saying I think that that's like that's all our impulse all the time, and so then you gut response to someone, and they say something back, and then it's like, oh well, this was just my gut response. Like, you know, in order to really argue a good point, especially with something as uh, complicated as this, like there's a lot of research that needs to be done. Um, and it doesn't change your gut response generally, but it's still worth finding stuff out. Um, and and that sounded bad. This that whole thing sounded like I was saying you don't know what you're saying, but that's not what I meant. Um,
0: mm-hmm. I know what I know what I feel about it, and I it might be a case of I don't know what I'm saying. I know what I want to say, but I'm I don't know how to exactly express it in a way that I can think I can get everybody to understand I gotcha. where I am at on this. So I think basically what I'm trying to what I want to relay relate to people is that this is not a binary thing. Like I think a lot of people are making it out to be. Yes. And, and my final kind of thought on it is that it's not binary. This isn't black and white. This is a. a this is, it's a rainbow. It's really complicated. Any really, anytime you're, you're talking about anything involving humans living together that have different ideas of stuff. It's ridiculously complicated and I want people to get out of the habit of just labeling something one or the other. Um, you really have to understand you have to read, you have to do your research. I'm not great about that, but I've spent all day today reading about everything that happened. Um, it's a rainbow and I'm tired of hearing left versus right. And the way the political climate is with this stuff makes it a non constructive, uh, debate every time we talk about this stuff. Um, am I right? I don't think so. Like, I don't know if I am, but this is just kind of how I feel about it. So the other thing I wanted to ask you was, um, or did you want to like speak to that or have any closing thoughts about that? Um,
1: yeah, I'll have some closing thoughts. I, I like what you just said. And I, uh, I think, and this is maybe a little bit more broad, but I think the problem is that a lot of us can agree on something that's wrong, Mm -hmm. but it's really hard to agree on what's right. Um, yeah. And I think that pretty much everyone agrees except for the select few that white supremacy is wrong. Uh, But how to handle it is, is where all the argument happens. Like that's, there's the only reason it could potentially have come off like you and I were arguing or disagreeing in this conversation. It's not because either you or I think white white supremacists are, are right or good. It's because of all of the other complication around it, you know? Um, Mm. And I think that's the problem is that uh, like as a society, we can agree that this is wrong. And then we get so upset about what we think is the right way to be right. That, then it's like i'm right you're wrong about what's right like and i feel like no one can remember that we're all supposed to be on the same side um yeah um the side that's against racists uh <laughs> um, yeah and that's uh yeah i think that's my final point of all this of this conversation is just that uh yeah it's hard to grab. Right. oh i wanted to ask you a question too but you you do yours first
0: um what do you feel how do you feel about the removal of these monuments and specifically <laughs> That's like exactly Rob, what robert, i was gonna ask you okay yeah like specifically like robert e lee and the confederate monuments how do you how do you feel about this stuff
1: um i think they should be removed yeah i what do you think should I, happen with them i was uh I was sort of back and forth for a little bit, um, but mm. I'm a hundred percent now. I think that, uh, what was the tipping point? Um, this definitely helped. Um, mm-hmm. just thinking about it, like from a logical perspective, like, cause the, the big argument against removing of these statues, I feel like is that you shouldn't erase history. Um, yeah. And like history isn't statues. Uh, History Mm -hmm. isn't flags flying over, like, courthouses. Um, History is history. And it's recorded. And it's in museums. And all of that shit uh, is fucking known. Like, tearing down a statue is not going to wipe out Robert E. Lee from the history books. Um, And I don't believe anybody is making the argument that we should act like the Civil War didn't happen. Um, I think that I think that celebrating a failed treason doesn't make any sense to me at all. I think having statues dedicated to people that tried to leave our country and failed does not make sense. Even if they were heroes for their people, it doesn't make sense to me. Um, It, you know like it's it's such a it's such a bullshit thing to add to arguments but everybody always does it and i think it's somewhat appropriate in this particular situation but like it would not make any sense to have a statue of adolf hitler in germany even though the like adolf hitler rose to power because people loved him and thought he was going to do good yeah. things for their country like he was at a certain point in history a hero to people i um, mean he still is a hero to some stupid people Um, but he was wrong and he lost and we don't celebrate that. Like I, it makes no sense to me in our country that you would, that it would be okay to celebrate uh, a, a traitor and a failure.
0: Yeah. I feel exactly the same way. I think that Robert E. Lee, first of all, After the Civil War was over, not a single uh, general was accused or tried for treason at all. They were all pardoned and they all lived remarkably comfortable lives for the rest of their lives. Some of them went on to be college professors. Some of them just straight up retired, but they all lived prosperously and none of them were hanged or executed for treason. And that's ridiculous. Um, Yeah, they are traitors and I I don't see why we can't just take them down and put them in a museum and that kind of, that kind of keeps everybody happy. Cause you're not, you're not racing history. You're just putting it in another place and maybe a more appropriate place. Um, yeah. Or, but I mean like they, they could go
1: in a museum if there's space for them, if there's reason, but they're literally, they're fucking statues. Like it's yeah. not, this isn't Robert E. Lee's statue that he carved of himself. It's not a self portrait mm-hmm. statue that we're talking about tearing down his statues that people put up, who knows how long after these wars, like they, I don't, the statues themselves aren't historically significant. Like I, I could see them potentially, uh, you know, going in a museum, but I don't even think it's necessary. I think we could literally tear them down. Um, and it would be fine. Like, Mm -hmm. or fucking sell them to some white supremacist idiot and get their money. Like, yeah, I, you know, it just doesn't, it doesn't make sense that especially it doesn't make sense to me that the United States government would pay money to maintain flags and statues of traitors, um, yeah. or, or state government. It's just none of it makes sense to me. And that's all just having to do with the traitors aspect of the war. Then you add the fact that it is, that there's a lot of negative racial connotation to them and an absolutely continue getting them out please but i think you can remove the racial component because people will always argue that oh no it's not about that like whatever i think you can remove it completely and there still is no reason for them to be celebrated or
0: exist yeah absolutely
1: um yeah yeah i'm i'm uh i I like that we both wanted to ask each other the same question and i like that we have the same thoughts on it
0: yeah Um, i I think uh yeah that was really good (laughs)
1: Um. but so yeah th- th-
0: good oh I was gonna uh, move us on oh well, before that um, we're both done with this and I I want some feedback on this uh, I'm gonna give out my email and anyone that wants to send some feedback or if I'm wrong about something and you have some proof or want me to read something or you just want to express something uh my email is uh silverman two two eight seven at gmail dot com. Uh don't be afraid to do that. Or hit us hit me up on the Facebook page or the Twitter account. And
1: um, I'll I'll uh Keith will send me whatever you send him and I'm also on the Facebook account and I have know nothing about the Twitter account. So if you want to talk to me, yeah. bad place to do it.
0: Yeah, um so this is my personal email and you can, you can send stuff my way or just tell me I'm stupid. I, I don't care. Do that. But I want some feedback on this from people who feel passionately about it as well. Um, and they have something constructive to add to this conversation. And I think that uh, we can move on now.
1: But yeah, I, sorry, just to piggyback on that really quick. Like uh, this stuff is, it weighs on you and you want to talk about it. And I mean, you as in us, like it, it weighs on us and the, the impulses want to talk about it, but the world is so divisive right now that it, it's scary to open your mouth because uh, you're either right or wrong on people's minds. And so like, right. I appreciate having this conversation with you. I think you appreciate having it with me because I don't think that's where either of us are approaching it from. Um, and so that's, I think that's why we welcome feedback is because our goal is to process what's happening and to be informed If we're not, you know, but I agree. So, so yeah, just to continue that, that thought. Cool. But now let's move on to some vapid internet. No, just vapid content.
0: Let's, let's move on to some entertainment. Um, We've never talked about Game of Thrones and we're going to keep it that way. Let's talk about (laughs) arc. (laughs) <laughs> no <laughs> we've, t- we've talked ad nauseum about arc um anything exciting happen in arc before uh, <laughs> we actually move on from that <laughs> um
1: I, I i got my favorite bird killed and then i got my other bird killed and then uh i tamed a new bird and he's the strongest beast i've ever had and his name's frankenstein and he's super cool cool and i haven't did i tell you i tamed a t-rex no you didn't i tamed a t-rex that's how i got my first bird killed actually mm. i hopped off of it to chase his t-rex down and i left it on passive mode and a tiny super weak dinosaur killed it um so i was really frustrated by that but anyway i tamed a t-rex but i can't make a saddle for him yet i'm not high enough level so he just sits in my yard and sometimes i tell him to go bite stuff um, oh cool but i can't actually ride it so that's disappointing
0: what's the next chapter in the legacy of pony boy
1: Ponyboy is a fucking alive and kicking. That guy is never going anywhere, especially now that he has a T Rex backing him up. Ponyboy is good. Yeah. Um, oh, okay. Oh. I actually do have a good arc story. I'm sorry. I didn't. <laughs> okay. I didn't intend to do this. Um, I I opened up the floodgates. I asked. <laughs> um. I honestly, I think it's why 90 percent of our fans listen. Uh, <laughs> is for updates <laughs> on on my arc situation. Yeah. So I'm playing the other day, and uh, I I since we started playing this uh, like a couple months ago. I every once in a while I see this pack of these giant dinosaurs They're like slightly smaller than T-rex'es, but there's a pack of like three or four of them. Um, and when there's pack dinos in Arc, one of them will glow like red to show that they're like the leader of the pack. Then um, then there's motorcycle sounds. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> and they uh, but so they're always scary. like packs are always scary, but these are packs of like really mean looking fucking dinos. I've always been scared of them, but I've never had them near my place. Um so the other day I'm playing in up the mountain from my house I see a pack of these three dinosaurs they're called they're allosauros and uh I'm like oh shit I hope they don't make it over to my house and I'm doing some shit and I go back to my house and I'm crafting some stuff and then I hear a brontosaurus outside my house getting attacked and brontosauruses are strong motherfuckers like they'll when they fight like T-Rexes half the time the Bronos will win and so I step outside and the brontosaurus is dead within seconds. And I'm like, Oh my God, what just killed this brontosaurus. And so I hop on my bird. Um, and I, uh, fly up to, uh, this is my Toronto Cause I already lost my other bird. I fly up and look down and there's three allosaurus standing right outside my fence. All of them are just staring at the fence. Like they know, mm-hmm. they know that shit's about to go down. <laughs> And so I fly back down and I'm panicking. I'm like, "Oh my god, like this is it. I'm about to lose everything. I'm about to lose every single dino I have." And so I crouch and I walk into my house and I put all the arrows I have on my person. I've got like 200 arrows for my crossbow. And then I like crawl over to the gate that's holding in my stegosauruses because uh there I had them like breeding in this pen. And I open that gate up. And I start to back up and my plan is to fly my plan is to fly at the allosaurus with my bird and then fly away to try to get them to chase me as far away from my house as i can get them and so as i'm walking away uh from the gate that i just opened all three of them come flying over my gate or from my fence from a different side of the wall like they walked around and they all jump over the fence and i literally i was sitting alone in my office uh, i yelled out loud now <laughs> <laughs> and then i whistled all of the dinosaurs in my pen to attack these allosaurus when they all flew in and it was a literal bloodbath like blood was flying out of this like knot of dinosaurs like in these streams wow. i've never <laughs> seen it like that before um and i lost a stegosaurus and i lost my tronodon and that was fucking it um and the rest of my dinos killed all three of the Allosaurus. It was so fucking badass, uh, and it was so That's stressful. Awesome. Like it was it was possibly the most stressful minute of that game I've ever played. Because I was sitting there like while this fight was happening, and I'm like trying to dump arrows into the Allosaurus, but it's hard to like get to them in between my other dinosaurs. Um, I'm like, I'm acutely aware of the fact that I'm this might be the last time I turn the game on, like. If they killed all my dinos, I think I would have signed off and just quit because Yeah. I can replace most of my stuff in that game pretty easily. But I've got a lot of dinos that took a lot of time to tame and I really like them. So I would I just would have I would have been heartbroken. Um Yeah. So that was amazing. The Allosaurus raid that I've survived pretty well. So we lost just so you know in that we lost Lady Nightshade. That was the Stegosaurus. Mm-hmm. And uh Clarinet was the name of my uh, Toronto had died. Oh. So, anyway, yeah. that's the ARC update that everybody's been demanding. Well, there you go. Alright, let's talk about Game of Thrones. For real. Yeah, Um. so, let's Uh. just, I gotta do my diligence here, preface, we're gonna do some serious Game of Thrones spoilers. This is up through last Sunday. Um, mm-hmm. So, if you're not interested in that, aren't interested in talking about social issues or game of thrones this is not the episode for you
0: yeah so the, the most recent episode that aired was called east watch and i think this is a good time to talk about the show having never talked about it because a lot of cool shit is coming together and paying off in little even in like little character interactions um long-standing stuff that you'd never thought like these characters would be together but um the final shot was kind of like a fucking westeros avengers shot yeah that one bunch of these bad motherfuckers about to go out and do some dirty shit when
1: that ended i was like i turned to tessa and i was like that is a good group of fucking guys (laughs) like i'm i'm ready to watch this shit happen
0: yeah so i don't know how much of a deep dive you want to go but why do you care about game of thrones? Um, uh, the character, is it a societal thing or is it, you actually like, what is it about the story that you like?
1: Um, I like the unpredictability of the story. Um, Mm. I liked for a long time that nothing was precious. And so like, as you watched, uh, you never knew if the thing you cared about was going to be a total dead end or not. Um, Mm. and so, you know, I've cared about many things in game of thrones over the years, but, I, uh, I, I, I love sort of. I, I like that. I liked never. I, I most shows you sort of know that people are safe. Um, yeah, and I liked not knowing that anyone was safe at any point. Um, yeah, and that's the first three
0: seasons were a fucking
1: murder fest. Oh yeah, that's one of the things that worries me about the show right now is I'm worried that people are too safe. Um, yeah, I'm worried that everyone's going to see the end game, and. It it takes some of the tension out of it. Like so the episode prior to this, um Tessa and I both think that it would have been a better episode if Jamie Lannister had gotten killed. Uh, yeah, I think if he had gotten blown up fired up by that dragon or even eaten by the dragon or tackled by Braun into the lake and then drowned. Um mm. but I think if he had been realistically punished for being so stupid, uh That would have, I would have liked that more because that, the him, him surviving that ordeal, it feels like other shows. It doesn't feel like Game of Thrones to me. Um, Yeah. But that's just nitpicky. Like, I've been enjoying the season a whole lot, but I'm, I'm wary constantly of like this weird beholdenness to these characters. And I don't know if it's just because it's in game and so they've got to get them all there or if it's because, you know, it's sort of, they're straying so far from, or they're, they're writing their own shit now that they're like less willing to kill people. I don't know what it is. Um, but it just makes me nervous. But then there's been a good bit of like things have gotten pretty fucked up this season. Like plans mm-hmm. have gotten fucked up. And so that gives me hope that they're going to, that they're still going to do some good stuff.
0: Oh dude. Yeah. I think with the episode that's coming up, I think half of those people are dead easily. Yeah. Um, and they're loved characters. Like, uh, And I think the way the season ends, too, is going to end real fucked up. I think one of the main characters that people love are going to go. Yeah. At the very least, one of those dragons dies for sure, and the Night King resurrects it as an ice dragon. Oh, that'd be pretty cool. At the very least. Um, but, yeah, I think what I like about the show also is the unpredictability of it. But I, I've had, what sucked about it was I already knew going into the first season. Like I watched it after everybody else. So I already knew Ned Stark got killed. So I was like, man, how awesome would it have been if I hadn't known that, you know? Um, but then once I watched the first season, I was right there with everyone else. I, societally.
1: I watched when the second season was started and I didn't know that. Um, really? Yeah. Cool. And it was great. It was a fucking awesome surprise. Uh, yeah. And I've heard people, I think before my brother watched the show, he was like, oh, I already know the big spoiler, so I don't want to watch it. And I was like, eh, it is, like, that sucks that you know that, but it's fine. <laughs> like, yeah, just watch it. Like, there's so much more happening all the time. Um, You know, at this point, I don't think there's any spoiler that could ruin Game of Thrones. I don't want to know them. Um, mm. And, oh, just talking about spoilers, uh there, I'm gonna find the exact wording for you. Last week, I I because of Facebook read the headline of an article. Um, let's see.
0: Do 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 do. Sam's sorry, sorry, reading sorry. articles. I'm just so trying. To I'm find... gonna entertain you while he reads the articles, cause I don't want dead air.
1: Okay, so. This is the headline from earlier last week. Uh, Did Gendry's Game of Thrones return get spoiled by IMDb? Seven warnings to you, friends, because this post contains potential spoilers for next week's Game of Thrones. So if Jesus you want to avoid them, do not cross the narrow sea of this intro. Like, how the fuck is that an appropriate headline? If And yeah. then in the subtitle, the, the caption for the headline, you act like you give a shit about spoilers.
0: Yeah. Like, Jesus, yeah,
1: that's so shitty. And it was, I didn't look at that up. I was scrolling through Facebook and that just popped up. Um, I think it was like a suggested page too. It wasn't even like someone else posted it. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, like I just don't, how, how could anybody write that and think that's a, a appropriate thing to write? Like, yeah. and then the, the imaginary argument that I have with them, they say, I didn't s- confirm if it was if it was confirmed or not, I said, was it spoiled? Like yeah. it's just absurd. Like how it's stupid in general, but couldn't it say like, did IMDB just spoil the return of a character to Game of Thrones? Like couldn't you just leave yeah. it at that and then let me click it to find out like uh ugh. Um and so that like the week before Tess and I were literally talking about Gendry and wondering if he'd ever show back up and mm. uh now there's no like i knew i knew it because of that i knew it was going to happen um and so when uh when sir davos found him i wasn't like oh wow it's gendry holy shit it's been so long i was like, oh yep that's it that's exactly what i read yeah
0: um that's so funny yeah that sucks What's funny about that? Not, about, it wasn't again, a big deal, up.
1: by the way. Like, it's not a huge spoiler. It wasn't. It still episode. sucks. It's, it's like it's
0: bad practice. Yeah, it's bad practice by whoever writes this shit. Um, especially when it comes to Game of Thrones, which is like the thing that you don't spoil for people. Oh, everybody um, spoils Game of Thrones all the time. Yeah, but you shouldn't. Um, what's funny about that scene is Davos walks up, and I think the first thing he says, doing something like, "I thought you'd still be rowing." Right. And on. Uh, the last time we saw him, he was set off in a rowboat and uh, like, a, like two years after the episode aired, the actor tweeted out and just said, still rowing. Right. Um, and so that was a fun little call back to that joke. Yeah. I like that too. Uh, um, I I don't think I knew that tweet,
1: but I, I've heard the joke of the idea that Kendry's still out there rowing. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was cool. Um, what I like about, okay. So, I, so I like the unpredictability of the show too. I really like Go Andrew's ahead. hammer. His hammer is rocks. It's awesome. Yeah, um, And I like that he's proficient with it. Like he's, he's going to do some stuff. Um, so also like, it's not like this isn't unique, but like on a production level, I think that the costume designs and just like in general, the way they make their world feel real yeah. and lived in is really good. And a lot of that has to do with the lore that they constantly reference in the show. Like, at first, when I watched the first season, it was really hard to keep up with um, because they're referencing lots of detailed stuff that I think is easier to keep track of when you're reading it. But when you're watching it and people are just talking quickly and moving on, um, it's it's really hard to keep up with it. And then by the time I was entrenched in it and I knew the lore of the show well, I went back and watched season one and everything just made so much more sense, right. the things they're referencing Um, So it's a good kind of otherworldly thing to get entrenched in and rewarded for. Yes. At this point in in this season, um, everything that has been set up has been paying off so well. Right. And things like where storylines fall flat and characters die and stuff. And you think that like, oh, well, what was the fucking point? I think it's a larger thing that speaks to life in general. Like nothing you do is lost on people if you try to connect with them in a real substantive substantive way so like everything ned stark did in season one and everything that goes into his character is relayed into his children like especially in Jon snow Jon snow is so much his father and try not to repeat his father's mistakes like those are important things to know and learn and to understand about those characters so that when they do this these children are trying to figure out how to navigate the world too they have their their parents ways and mistakes um learn from so i I like the way that all that stuff is paying off and it's it's more of like well that was pointless and like you're seeing like no nothing's pointless everything that we do is important because it carries on um and so i'm liking that right now and also i mean like dragons i like dragons and i like it when they're portrayed well on cinema yeah
1: i'm kind of indifferent on dragons yeah like they're cool in the show they do a good job with them but you know I'm not I'm just in general not like a medieval or fantasy guy which is another I think that's another good mark for Game of Thrones the fact that I like it as much Mm -hmm. as I do um and I don't really generally care for fantasy uh
0: yeah those dragons have some fucking weight to them though because they've they've been building those guys up for a long time too and uh yeah they don't overstay their welcome for sure um specifically we saw them in battle for the first time and I thought that the way that they filmed them and the way that the way that they filmed it and the way that they portrayed it, it made it almost seem like it seemed like a fucking like Vietnam era war film. Yeah. Where the spray of fire that came out of his mouth looked like napalm bombs going off. Oh, yeah. It was
1: it was cool. OK, so here's a question. Why didn't she bring all three dragons?
0: Um, I think she didn't need to to be honest. Like I, I think she didn't need to. And why risk all three of them when you could just take one and it's fine. You know? Because
1: like the idea of risk, like if she's risking draconis, if she loses draconis, she dies or she gets captured. Mm-hmm. In which case, like her other dragons are used. To, I don't know. It just seemed like a weird play, but I'm sure there's, there's enough reason I guess to not do it. Um, um, also probably budgetary reasons. She was like, I know that they they can't afford to
0: <laughs> to render these. Fucking... Yeah, um, no, I, uh... yeah, I'm really digging it. Um... I think there's also a wild factor. Like she controls them, but not but so much. And she probably has more control when she's riding one. So having one dragon out there. I think she has a specific goal in mind with that battle. Right. It just wants to do that and, and be real to the point. Cause John makes a good point of like, if you just run in there and burn everything, you're not any different from anyone else. So if he could, she could show that she has control and she's targeted and she just burns those wagons and like soldiers that it happened to be there in the per- periphery, but her goal is to like burn their resources. Right. Um, so I think that's why she doesn't bring all three. Um, and,
1: So I've said this before, I think to some degree, um, with shows like this, I really, really enjoy, uh, watching them myself or, you know, with friends and talking about them, but Mm. I really don't like internet speculation. I don't like reading internet theories and stuff because trying to figure out what's going on with me and my friends is one thing, but trying to figure out what's going on with the collective knowledge of the entire internet and all of their Mm. capabilities, Uh, it's just, it's, it's too much. Um, especially people who have read the books. Yeah. People who've read the books or people who read leaked scripts or they've read about casting decisions for the next seasons. Like there's all sorts of extra information out there that I don't want. And I also like, if I, if generally, if I miss something, if, if me and my friends all miss a detail, uh, then I like it to slip by. I like to be surprised by it later. Um, mm-hmm. so I just want to preface that, um, cause I know you're more into reading stuff. I don't know if you do, uh, but I know you're more open to it at least. Uh, um, yeah. So in, in these conversations, if we continue talking about game of Thrones, just, just know that like, that's sort of what I'm coming from. So I, I'm happy to hear your thoughts and to talk to you about it, but I don't necessarily want to hear, uh, you know, the leading theories like last season when it was revealed that Jon Snow was a Targaryen, uh, mm-hmm. I was super surprised and excited about it. And I remember talking to somebody the next day and they're like, hadn't you heard that theory? Uh, and I hadn't because I don't read that shit. And it made that moment so much more fucking fun for me because it was a huge surprise instead of me just going, Oh, yep. There's that thing I read. It's true. Like I got to just be stoked on it. Um, Mm -hmm. but if I had come up with it myself, then when that had happened, I'd be like, yes, I'm right. That would have been like really exciting. Um, yeah so like for example i that scroll that Arya reads that little finger has in this last episode like i caught a couple words from it and that's about it i know i could look up exactly what it says but i don't want to yeah. because i'd rather like the, the the showrunners did not intend for me to read that entire scroll the first time i watched it um yeah you know they they also knew that the content would be out there but that's that's more than i want to know um but, uh, so I don't know. How do you feel about that type of thing? Like, are you on a similar page? Or are you more into reading the theories and
0: stuff? The most egregious example of this that I can cite more than Game of Thrones was Westworld last year. Yeah. The fucking community for that was so on point with all of their predictions. And Westworld's an original thing. Well, it's based off of a movie, but it's not based on a book or anything where you would have previous insight into where the story's going. But,. They, like, immediately see episode two. Like, uh, spoilers for Westworld,
1: Yeah, by the big... Way. Wait. Big spoilers for Westworld. We just got to give people a minute to find their pause buttons, Keith. I can't claim to be sensitive about this shit and then not
0: be. Sure. Uh, immediately, episode two, the first time we see William, they're like, that's the man in black. And that that storyline's happening in the past. I'm like, well, how did you fucking... Like, maybe after a little bit you could you could kind of piece that together but how would you even fucking know that and then immediately they're like uh Bernard's a robot and it's just like that's that stuff is cool that people can figure that out and I, I imagine for some people that's fun to be in on but a little bit of that uh it's ruined. Now, luckily Westworld, the way they frame those scenes when they reveal that stuff, is less about learning that piece of trivia. And it's more about like what it means for the characters that are learning that. Um, and so th- that's where I think Westworld avoids uh, spoilers pretty masterfully is that they make it mean something to the characters that are experiencing it more than like the audience, just that factoid. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
1: I, I have about Westworld. Actually, I was also thinking about Westworld in this conversation because I had not thought about the fact that William might be the man in black at all. And I was playing overwatch with you and uh, our friend Ryan. And I remember Ryan said, Oh, you guys watching Westworld? And he said, yeah. And he said, what do you think about the theory that uh, William is the man in black? And I said, I hadn't heard that. And he said, Oh, it's definitely true. And then, I knew for the rest of the show. Cause of course it was true, but I wish I hadn't mm-hmm. known that. Like I wish I had either thought of it myself or hadn't figured it out. Um, and I ended yeah. up, I then Tessa was listening. She was part of that conversation, but she didn't actually hear what you guys said. And so then later mm-hmm. I was complaining to her about the conversation and I then basically spoiled it for her because I told her in complaining about the conversation, I told her what we were like, what was said. Cause I, mm-hmm. she was there listening. So I thought she'd heard it. Um. Yeah. so Westworld has a, there's this weird like coloring to Westworld f- to me because that big reveal is not something I had come up with on my own um, mm-hmm. but it was mentioned to me for my friends and that's the thing is it's like I think Ryan said that he thought of it on his own and then read about it which is probably true but it still is just something that I kind of wish I hadn't known it's just hard because yeah. I like talking I like speculating but then I, I like my experience to be as like untouched as possible
0: I like I I I don't seek that stuff out unfortunately because I interact with a lot of people they'll just say that like oh well the internet says this what do you think and I'm like well fuck I guess I'm thinking that now like I don't know right I wouldn't have thought about that before um so I generally I try not to tell people that I'm watching stuff and the people that I do tell that I'm watching stuff know me pretty well to to preface like oh well did you read the theories online and then I'll say like, no, but you can tell me where I'll be like, I don't want to know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, generally. And it's especially when people start watching game of Thrones, I'm like, tell no one that you're watching it, just watch it. And then like, you can talk to me afterwards, and i I'm good about not spoiling stuff, but if you just fucking tell someone you're watching that you're watching Game of Thrones, so many people just want to flaunt the fact that they know facts about it right or they'll just be like, "Wait till the next episode, dude. yeah, wait till next season. It's like, don't do that, you know yeah so why you're ruining a little bit of like uh, uh, the big part about Game of Thrones is being caught off guard. You know? Yeah, and that's anytime something big happened, it, it happened in a moment where it wouldn't usually happen in in any sort of other storytelling medium. Yeah, and it's
1: so hard to avoid it. Like even when you're mostly caught up. I remember the Red Wedding episode, like mm. I had just flown into Richmond. And everyone's like, you watch Game of Thrones? Did you watch Game of Thrones yet? And I was like, no, I haven't. Like, you've got to watch it before you see anything. You've got to watch it before anything gets spoiled. And it's like, okay, like, no one told me exactly what was happening. But I now know that something huge is going to happen in this episode. Like, and it just changes the watch. I, so I, when I had the Red Wedding, was not a surprise. Like, what exactly happened was a surprise. But I knew some huge shit was going to go down for that exact reason. Like because they're like oh wait till next episode oh do you like this character just wait they get so cool and it's just like why do you have to say it like what is it what's the benefit of you saying that i have a worse experience and what do you gain you know um yeah it's just hard like and i've done it too like even as sensitive as i am it's really hard not to as a nerd we're excitable and so we want to be excited about stuff and that's the thing like when it comes from a place of excitement I can, I, it's easier to not fault the person. Like I still get frustrated, but like, I know it's not this malicious thing. Whereas like some people it is. Some people it's like, like you said, they just want to prove that they know something. And like, then Mm. I just get pissed. It's like, why? Yeah. Why? Anyway, I, I was a big tangent, but what I was going to say was, did you pick up on the bomb that Gilly dropped? Yes. Um, yeah, and I'm I'm interested to see what that what what effect that ends up having. Like, if it'll matter, um, I mm-hmm. imagine the only reason it was in there is so that it will matter. But is it or is because it will end up mattering? Um,
0: it should matter because I think because he's legitimate, he's legitimate. I think he's the rightful heir to the throne, but, not Daenerys.
1: But that's the thing, like. Daenerys isn't a
0: rightful heir like like there there is
1: no right at this point like the rightful heir to the throne uh is like by current Westeros law I feel like uh Gendry is the rightful heir to the throne.
0: Um but he's not because Robert took the throne in a rebellion. Yeah, but so, but
1: didn't uh, the like the Targaryens had to, they took it from someone else. Like, that's the thing. That's the whole cycle. That far back. Is that like, there is no one rightful heir or one rightful family. It's just whoever's in power at the time. So that's the, that's the thing. Like, that's what confuses me about why it will be relevant. Like I know it gives, it technically gives Jon Snow like, uh, an edge over Daenerys, but Hmm. I don't know why in this storyline, why it actually is going to end up mattering. Like if Daenerys, Daenerys is is fighting a war for the throne. She's not walking in and saying that's my throne, and Westeros is giving it to her. Like,
0: so well, John in her Snowden. mind, she is the rightful heir, though. In her like, mind, yes. Who knows? And maybe she's she would be respectful of the fact that John is actually the rightful heir. <laughs> Because if you're, if you're going to act like it's only legitima- legitimate if it applies to you, then it has no legitimacy. Yeah. And I think she, she's a little more respectful than that. So I have to imagine that that's how it's going to be important. It's going to be important in a big way. And I think the biggest way, and the most important way to us as fans is we're going to see John riding some dragons. I think yeah, that motherfucker is going to tame one of those guys.
1: I hope something like that happens. Sort of. But I don't know. I also like him on the ground. Um, mm. The thing is, though, like... Even if if he has a claim, like John doesn't want the throne, and so I'm just I'm, I'm interested to see how it plays out. But I thought it was an interesting an interesting little bomb to drop with to no yeah. fanfare, you know. Um, like, I mean, that was that
0: was kind of cool. I think the biggest thing is that he's not actually a bastard; he is a legitimate Targaryen. Yeah, because um, even even with before that, with him being oh well, Lyanna is his mother. And it's not, um, uh, Ned. Um, that just means that like Ned was a good dude and his integrity is intact. Yeah. Um, but he's still a bastard of another couple, but he's not because yeah. their, their marriage was legitimate. So yeah, that's exciting. I think, I think it will pay off. Um, I think there's a very good chance that, that information never gets to John. I think, cause I think a really good game of Thronesy
1: thing f- to happen would be for Daenerys and John to start fucking. Um, yeah. And I would kind of love it if they did. If as audiences, we knew that, uh, they were incesting, but, uh, but they didn't know.
0: Incest is a common thing with Targaryens, I believe. Well, and the thing is, is that, uh,
1: it'd be amazing. Like if they started banging, a lot of the fans would like it. And yeah, everyone's pushing for it. Everyone wants that. It'd be great because everyone's been so grossed out by Jamie and, uh, Cersei, for mm-hmm. the whole series and so if yeah. they managed to make the fans root for incest that would be just fantastic
0: yeah i mean there already are they're fucking they're all about it
1: and i like it i don't it. know how i feel about that i like do you, the idea do you want to see that happen i i like the idea of it because it would be fucked up and that's this what i like about game of thrones is that fucked up mm-hmm. nature um so I like that idea, but I think just from a story perspective, it wouldn't be that satisfying. Um, yeah. no, but I, I think we've talked about this. My, my dream for the show, uh, is that there's this big war for the throne and this big war against the white walkers and that the white walkers win and the show ends with the night King sitting on the iron throne. Yeah. I think that would be an amazing ending to this show that people have been watching for almost a decade. I don't know if that's a satisfying ending, though. I would I'm be not against so, it, so because it would it would hammer in the ultimate point of the Game of Thrones. Um, mm. It would it would the whole point is that this stuff is fleeting, and that you know, in the Game of Thrones, you either win or you die. Like, and I think it just would be like it'd be such a perfect like every single storyline that you are invested in ends in tragedy. Like that would be fucking cool. It just would be bold. It would be bold as shit. It would be super cool if a show like this show is the, it is the cultural like zeitgeist right now. And it has Mm -hmm. been for years. Like it is the show that more than anything else, everybody's watching. Um, And so if the number one show that everybody pays attention to and everybody watches has such a fuck you ending, it would just be fantastic.
0: I don't know if it, I think that's wholly unsatisfying um, because I think yeah, the but more that's important the point I think the more important and core element of the show is that history really matters and knowing your history matters and everything that happens no matter how pointless it seems carries on and it matters in a way to someone else you always taught you who's here in the show, how they talk about my father and my grandfather and my, our house does this. And here's the history of this. And we're going to hold this grudge for a hundred years because you burned my fucking father at a grandfather at some point, you know, like all these things really matter to people. And so what they're fighting what the white walkers represent, like is the great equalizer, their death. And really what, what the white walkers in my weird brain represent is climate change like the, the only way to fight it is together and you know that last scene where they're all like well fuck you you did this to me and, and your dad did this to us and he was shitty it's like it doesn't none of that matters like we're all here and we're all on the same side like we're alive they're dead and they want to kill us all and erase all that history so it's mean so it means nothing so we have to like put all of our shit to aside and fight together you know know, really come together i think that's the ultimate point of the show i I think there's no way that it ends with the night king on the throne um i think it would undo everything that's that's really underlyingly great about the show Um, Uh, i don't know how it ends i think it would
1: hammer in everything that's great about the show
0: I don't know. I don't know. Maybe in the hands of like a good storyteller. Who I mean, really build it. That and moment. that's,
1: that's what I said. Like when you asked me what I like about the show, that, that is sort of what I said is that I like how unpredictable is and I like that. You never know which of these storylines is going to get snuffed out. And so mm. like that, uh, that's just, yeah, that, that falls into that. Like I would love that as an ending because it would be the ultimate version of that. The ultimate fuck you to the viewers, which is what happens in that show. You get, oh, you like this character? Fuck you, they're dead. Oh, you like the storyline? <laughs> fuck you, it's done. Like, yeah. there's been so much of that throughout the series that I think if that's how the series ended, like, I can't Game of Thrones, I can't see that series ending with a happy ending. And being satisfying. It's not a happy show. It's not a happy place. Westeros is not a happy place.
0: I don't think it'll be have a happy ending. But I think it'll have it'll have a narratively satisfying ending, I think. I think someone that we're not thinking of is gonna end up on that throne. Uh when it's all said and done. And I think ultimately it doesn't really matter who's on the fucking throne. It's always like something shitty and awful. It's something that doesn't make sense. Like you think, children being on the throne. Do you think it's gonna
1: be shitty. the Night King's horse?
0: <laughs> I hope so
1: this season but is going to end with the Night King uh, taking the throne and then the next season is going to be the White Walkers fighting the White Walker horses yeah And it'll be the Night King trying to warn everyone it's like it's you guys the horses are rebelling they're like horses rebelling yeah a good one we're too concerned with our internal politics
0: mm-hmm.
1: and then the horses <laughs> will come and no one will see them coming and it'll end uh, with a horse on the throne and then the narrator that we've never heard before will say, I bet you thought that this show was going to end with Daenerys Targaryen on the throne. And then the horse is going to look at the camera and he's going to say, nay (laughs) (laughs) roll credits. Uh, Yeah. Okay. (laughs) So like,
0: did I call it or did (laughs) did I call it? (laughs) yeah man you called it we'll see i'll we'll see you next year i guess yep. when the show fucking ends um oh and he's called the nightmare the nightmare yeah <laughs> okay <laughs> uh that's good yeah oh uh, well, now i'm gonna be character? now i'm
1: guaranteed to be disappointed
0: yeah um who's your favorite character on the show who's gone through a lot um I have or dead. Who's just your favorite character that you've liked on the show? Fuck.
1: Might be the hound. You like the hound? I love the hound. His arc has been really great. And unexpectedly so. Um, yeah, he appeared to be such a side character when things first started. I and I loved it. the the first episode when you see him in his fucking hound helmet. I turned to Jack and I was like, Jack, that guy is awesome. <laughs> I was like, I mm-hmm. fucking love that dude. He was like, oh, the hound, yeah, he's fine. And I was like, no, that guy rules. And then I got to see him without his mask on. I was like, oh, yep, yeah, this guy is great. And then like that was just a fun like picking a side character to be interested in, and he ended up mm-hmm. having a great arc, and I loved like. Some of my favorite moments in the show were him and Arya together. Um, their entire, like, side side story was so great. Yeah. I was disappointed when that came to an end. They were uh, great together. Yeah, I'm, and I'm, I so I'm pretty stoked that the Hound is part of uh, what's happening right now, North of the Wall. Hmm. Uh, the Hound is probably my favorite. Um, I... Like, you know, I like, I it's hard not to like all the, the big fan favorites. Jon Snow's fucking great. Um, Tyrion's mm-hmm. great. Um, I've gone kind of back and forth on Jaime. I l And I think that that's by design. Like, I lately he's been sort of, like, castrated, I feel like. Um, yeah. And that's, you know, I, I think that that's how I'm supposed to feel. Actually, I take it all back. My favorite character on the show is Ed Shireen. <laughs> okay.
0: Great, yeah. He's so good you like you like those those uh easy come easy go kind of guys huh yep they sing
1: songs the new songs wink um <laughs> who else are my favorite characters i don't even remember him but i really like ned stark <laughs> when the show first started
0: i remember liking him a lot he's so easy he got behind he's, yeah he's one of the few like truly good uh characters yeah in the show um
1: Yeah. Let's leave it at that for now. I'm going to say the Hound is is my personal favorite character. Um, mm. And then I also, I will say um, another sort of just like silly personal thing is when, the, when I first started watching the show, the first episode ends with Bran falling out of the window. Um, mm. And I made some joke about, it. I was like, Bran's the main character. And Jack was like, no, he's not like, no one cares about Bran. And then like the next episode ended on Bran as well. And I was like, Look, this Brand guy is clearly like the most important character in the show, Uh, Mm. and so I have to say there's some personal satisfaction in how fucking powerful Brand has gotten. Um, Yeah, and so I really, I and I enjoy his storyline. Like I kind of like detached asshole, three eyed Raven Brand. Yeah, Um, I think it's fun to watch.
0: Yeah, how about you? I'm hoping, I'm hoping that pays off in any sort of big way. Yeah, because right now all he does is basically he acts like. fucking he just carries the story he's like i know things because because i do now you get to know them because it's convenient right um he's the three-eyed MacGuffin, exactly um my favorite character from the beginning has always been jorah mormont really so uh yeah um second favorite character has been Braun. i like side weird side characters Braun is just really a fun fucking character um i think he's like the cool uncle that's easy to (laughs) fall in love with but but is like very not good to hang around with for a long time yeah um bad influence but fun guy um and he's funny he has some of the funniest scenes in the show and he like him being friends with Tyrion, like that whole thing with at king's landing that was a great arc and then he ends up being like really cool with jamie um and he's bronze
1: bronze always true to true to who he is. I feel like his character is true to himself a lot, which is always yeah. fun to
0: watch. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Jorah Mormont has, has been my favorite character, uh, from the beginning. He is one of those guys. He, I don't know if it's just the actor, like his voice has a lot of gravity and weight to it. And the way the nature of his character is that he is advisor. So he knows a lot of shit. Um, and the way he also carries himself, like, in the beginning of the show, the way he carried himself when he was walking around in the desert with Khaleesi and stuff is like an old gunslinger. It's just the way he would hold a sword at his side and stuff. And just he has like this stare about him that he, he knows things and he's ready to, to act whenever he needs to. And his, un, his undying uh, love for Daenerys and stuff. Um, he's great. And I, I'm convinced every season he's going to go because he's such a like not essential character right but um i'm glad that he made it through the the fucking uh what's it called grayscale
1: so that that felt very like tess and i've been talking about this a lot i feel like there's this feeling of new game of thrones and old game of thrones um Mm -hmm. and i feel like since the writers have been on their own they've been a little bit safer and it and it sucks because if i didn't know that behind the scenes Maybe I wouldn't notice these things, but I think because I know I can't help but pay attention. It's like watching mm-hmm. Ant Man. Like I couldn't help but know that this should have been a great movie, you know. Um, yeah, and and like Droy Mormont surviving as grayscale felt very much like he was supposed to die, but then the writers brought him back in because they liked him, you know. Mm-hmm. And it felt like it was too nice, like having Sam suddenly cure him. It just was too nice of a thing to happen. And I'm I'm. Like while it's fun to see him back, it just felt very like why like it, it it felt like it shouldn't happen to me.
0: Um, I don't know. It pays off the Mormont relationship that Sam has with his dad, right? Know? Um, he gets to pay that off and like repay that, and then uh, he's also like one of the most devoted people to Daenerys. It kind of felt like sending him off in the desert to die didn't feel like a really good way to pay off everything that had happened uh, for him. His whole thing is like, I believe in you and I want to help make this world that you've been selling us. Um, So bringing him back to do this, I think he's going to die in this final mission here, but uh, he'll die with some good purpose there. Yeah. So I don't know if I necessarily feel that way. I think them being on their own, they have all of George Martin's notes. So it's not like they're completely like, we make up the story from here. Like they have the notes from George Martin. It's just that they're accelerating the pacing of it. Right. Like it was, it was laughable how um, Davos sailed to like three continents in one episode. Like I think it went from place to place to place. Yeah. Quickly. Yeah. Uh, but it's like, whatever. I'm noticing stuff like that too. And it's like,
1: part of me feels like whatever, but the other part of me it, like, you know Rob Stark was heading to King's Landing for like two seasons and then he died like yeah and then Jon Snow gets invited to Dragonstone and he's there the next episode like there's it's it's not it's not that it's inconsistent like I understand time can pass in between scenes but it's more that like when it moves that quickly, it lacks the gravity of, like, when it, like, beforehand, when people would travel on the show, like, someone said, oh, you know, we're going to the wall. I figured that meant they're going to get to the wall in a season or two. Like, it meant it was going to be a long trip because they are long trips. But everybody's moving so quickly, and they're not encountering anything on their trips that, like, you don't get to feel the weight of their adventures um and of their trips and it's not that big of a deal it's just something it's another thing i notice about this rushed like timeline about this new game of thrones feeling is that we don't we haven't really gotten to revel in the the shit like the in between as much but that's okay cuz i feel like sometimes the shit that took a long time was boring and i didn't like watching
0: it yeah yeah, I think it's okay because we're hitting, heading towards the end here, and i I just want to see. I just want to see big epic shit, and the more fat we can cut to get there, the better.
1: Um, um, the biggest part of the fight to come that I'm most excited for is to watch Arya kill White Walkers with a Valyrian steel
0: dagger. Dude, hell yeah! That's gonna be so much fun. I just want to see her do all the awesome shit, like. This little cat and mouse game that she's playing with uh Littlefinger, I think that he's she is still playing him even though he thinks he's got the upper hand on her. We shall see. I hope so. Yeah.
1: One thing I really like about Littlefinger and I always have, is that he's they do a very good job of showing you he's up to something and never showing you what he's up to. Um mm-hmm. And so they they always do a good job. Where I don't trust Littlefinger, but I never know what his angle is, and I think that's fun. It's it's fun to sort of get to feel like you are in there with the characters. Like what's he's up to something, but what is it like? It's not obvious, and I think that's fun.
0: Yeah. Um. Cool. Anything else you want to say about Game of Thrones? I don't think so. Um.
1: I like it and I'm glad I like it because I thought I really, really did not like the fifth season. Um, and I like re- reluctantly started watching the sixth season, just sort of like, oh, I've already put in this much time. And then that yeah. season six was immediately good. And then it was just fucking great. And so yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm just really excited that the show's good because I thought it was getting bad. I thought it was going to get like, I thought I was going to end up stop watching it. Um, so I'm excited that it's good and that I'm still excited about it and that there's not that much left. Like there's not enough episodes left that I could lose interest, even if it got boring.
0: Yeah. It takes, yeah. It takes Season five was that. a low point for me too. And I think it was really middling because I think it drew from the part of the book that was also very drawn out. Yeah. Um, not a lot happened in the book that it draws from. And it tells because like, that, that was a point in the show where I felt like it was just repeating things that didn't need to be repeated. It was like, like I already know that, uh, Ramsey snow is a shithead. I don't need another scene of him raping someone. I like to, to tell me that like, it just seemed unnecessary. It was a lot of stuff like that. Yeah. Um, So yeah, but it is exciting and good again. It only had one not great season. And even then it was still better than most of what's on TV. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, just uh, hard to maintain. Yeah. Only by comparison within itself was it not great. Um cool. Yeah, well. Did you want to talk about Spider-Man here? No, like I'm getting s-
1: pretty tired. Um okay. I think maybe when we record later this week.
0: Sure, yeah. We can chat about it. Cool. Um well, this has been fun. As always. Mm -hmm. Uh, Hit us up at the usual places. Facebook, Podbean, iTunes, rate, review, subscribe. Uh, Let us know what you think. Leave some comments. If you hate it, tell us in a constructive way.
1: Yeah, like, instead of saying I hate it, use, like, the letter H followed by the number 8. It's more interesting
0: Mm -hmm. and personal. And you've constructed it better yeah I so it get more is constructive it. yeah um and uh yeah i hope everything turns out well for you people who are living through this this podcast here i don't know i'm bad at endings what do you think
1: um well you know how good i am at endings mm-hmm. uh you you ask me keith to end the podcast mm-hmm nay